Well, hello there, people from the planet Earth. I'm laughing because it's been way too long. <laughs> what is this? I do this every few months, and now it's actually been over a year. Because the last time I actually published an episode was May 2020. We're in July of 2021. That's insane. That's over a year of quarantine, you guys. <laughs> That's a long time. Jesus. I hope you're doing okay. Welcome back. <laughs> so, how are y'all doing? I'm certainly not doing that well. I mean, I'm okay, but a lot has happened since the last time I was here. A lot. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. <laughs> last year just got worse and worse as time went by, and you caught me in a good time. May was actually a pretty decent month last year. Uh, things started to go downhill around August or July, or maybe just right after I stopped recording podcasts again. <laughs> Because, Jesus, staying stuck at home is like the worst thing imaginable. And I thought I was an introvert, and then I found out that I went from INFJ to ENFP within this amount of time. So, you know, I'm an extrovert at heart. I love talking to people, I love being with people. In fact, my friends and I were almost always on Discord these days because... I need a conversation. I need people to talk to besides my parents. And it, this is this has been my motto. Am I really anxious and sad or am I just living with my parents? You know what I mean? Like on TikTok. One of the things that has changed, you know? I was like, I'm never going to download TikTok. What the fuck is TikTok? I'm not Gen Z. I'm a cringe millennial. And now I have TikTok and I browse it almost every day for at least an hour. And it's great. I feel great about it. TikTok is awesome. <laughs> I also converted to K-pop, <laughs> which is insane. For my whole life, I was like, I hate K-pop. I'm never going to like K-pop. Whoever likes K-pop supports slavery, which isn't a lie. But now I'm a huge K-pop fan. I listen, I practically only listen to K-pop and 21 Pilots, and that's it. Those are my two moods. And sometimes in between, at least I listen to old Disney music and disco. So that's my life. <laughs> so that has changed. And also, I remember last time I was here, we talked a little bit about my mental health journey and how that developed throughout the years. And I might add that last year was a big year for my mental health journey. Uh, and I wouldn't expect you to know about it because, I mean, it's been over a year. Like I said, it's been way too long. What's happening? Um, but, oh boy, where do I even start? You know, this needs to, like, trigger warning because it's a lot, but basically, okay. Sometime around September or October 
it was just the worst part of the downward down downward downward spiral i'm sorry <laughs> i'm having issues with uh speaking um it was just like the worst time ever since high school i haven't i hadn't felt that way since high school it was insane i was just like down to the bottom and i remember in the by the end of october in the beginning of november we traveled to see my grandpa who lives a, almost a thousand kilometers away from us because he's doing eye surgery and we fought through the COVID to try and get there. It was actually a very fun trip. But a few weeks prior, um, we had taken a couple of pills and stuff, and it wasn't really the best time of my life. I wasn't doing that great. I wasn't really taking my medication too seriously, so things were kind of going out of control. Uh, I thought the trip was gonna help, but, and it kind of did for a while. It was a couple of days where I just forgot about everything, and it was great. But things just got worse once I got back home. I was already enduring a lot of stress with being stuck at home with my parents, not really being able to let out any frustrations because I'm stuck with them, basically. Like I said in the beginning, I don't know if I'm anxious, I'm genuinely anxious, or if I'm just feeling the pressure of being here with them 24-7. Either way, <laughs> it was just the worst time, and all throughout November, I just... I went back and forth, up and down, it was just... a lot. <laughs> a lot. And... In December it was like this is it like there's no turning back and I felt like I was at the end of the road like there was no way out I didn't feel like it could go backwards so it was just a wall right in front of me I didn't know what to do I didn't know where to go I didn't know if it was worth um, trying to keep going and trying to change things because not only was I off my medication, like I wasn't taking it seriously, I was also not doing therapy at this time. So things were just, were obviously gonna go downhill. And it was just like, it was meant to happen at that point. So in December 6th, I think, is when I just, lost it i mean everything just came crashing down and i remember lashing out at my mom um i was very upset i don't remember exactly what was the trigger for that moment but i do remember that it was very intense it was a very intense feeling of not knowing what to do and not knowing how to keep going and it was just consuming me and I didn't know what to do so I had been researching some psychiatric clinics to go to to maybe talk to a doctor or something about my medication and stuff because I knew that I wasn't doing okay 
So I, I knew that I needed a doctor within my healthcare system because my psychiatrist, my prior psychiatrist was super expensive. So I was doing some research and on this day, after I lashed out at my mom, I said, I need help. Like right now, professional expert help. Like there is no way that I can keep going without seeing a doctor, seeing someone, talking to someone who will genuinely understand. And she took me to the psych clinic. It was just, I had never been there. I found it online. It had decent reviews and I said, you know what, let's give it a shot. And we went to their emergency service and I talked to the doctor. I cried a lot. <laughs> I feel like that day I was just dehydrated as well. Like with so much crying and i talked to the doctor i said you know i just i don't know like i came here because i don't because i don't feel safe with myself i feel like if i just stay at home um mowing over my thoughts i'm just gonna freak and i'm gonna break and it's not gonna be good <laughs> i'm gonna regret it so she said you know you need a special attention you you, you need to have someone watching over you 24-7, keeping you safe, uh, we need to adjust your medication, everything. So the obvious thing to do from there was to go in the psych ward, you know, be an inpatient. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, it was a minimum 15 days to be there to get things back in order because I was in a very, very bad depressive crisis. It was terrible. I wasn't in the right state of mind to come back home before that. So the doctor said, you know, at, at, at least two weeks. And it ended up being a whole month, in fact. I came back home on the morning of the 31st of December. So I spent Christmas in the hospital. <laughs> Imagine that, mental hospital Christmas. That is almost like a, a novel by John Green. <laughs> um, more about that later. But I did come back home by New Year's. My parents really changed uh, their perspective on me and their perspective on my mental health. And they, I noticed that they were really trying to understand and relate to it as much as they could so they could help me out and I'm very appreciative of that I'm very appreciative of the doctors that have treated me throughout this process to the nurses to the girls that I met in the psych ward who were just incredible people I'll never forget them and I'll never forget that one month I spent there and how much it helped me get better because I did it for myself. It wasn't my parents reaching out for a doctor, putting me in there. It was me. I wanted to be there. I wanted that. I wanted a reboot in my life. And that's what I did. <laughs> I went out and I went after it. And it was great. I sent letters to my friends from in there. Um, we watched movies all the time. I painted, I found out that uh, painting is really, really good for my anxiety um, because I'm able to solely focus on painting and it doesn't make me anxious. 
so that's great. Painting is very therapeutic, and among other things, right? Like making, doing collages, I found a passion for that too, and just putting yourself into things and not burying the feelings that you're feeling, you know, just trying to embrace everything that you are, everything that you're feeling, and putting work into it, letting yourself feel frustrated, letting yourself feel sad, allowing yourself to be sad and frustrated and just angry because the more we bury these feelings the worse it's gonna get and the farther we're gonna take ourselves to the bottom of the pit you know so that was an amazing learning experience for me and after that one month of inpatient i did around three months of half time kind of so it was just mornings where i would spend in another facility um, i would talk to a doctor every single day we would talk about my medication we would do the same activities and everything i would have lunch there it was awesome um, i even took my ukulele once and i sang for everybody uh, i asked my mom to take the ukulele for me in the hospital and i played it for the girls and it was so peaceful and <laughs> so great and I remember it was just such such a good experience in my life. Like, it was a checkpoint in my life, almost. I feel like the, there's the me before the psych ward and the me after the psych ward. Because a lot has changed and a lot has evolved. And therapy now feels a lot more powerful than it did before. Medication is something I actually take seriously now, and I trust my doctor is incredible. I love going to see her every single month, talk to her about what's going on, figuring out my medication, yada yada yada, right? And I feel great. <laughs> I feel, I still feel anxious at times, a little jumpy. Uh, I get really very insomniac. And when I do sleep, I get lucid dreaming, which is not necessarily a cool thing. Although people tend to be like, ah, lucid dreaming, I want a lucid dream. No, you don't. <laughs> it's not as fun as it seems. So sometimes nighttime can be a little bit difficult. Other than that, I've been doing pretty okay, actually. Um, everything seems to be on track. Although, there are days when I don't feel necessarily great, or I don't feel like things are going super swell, or I don't feel like doing anything, but that's normal, you know? It's not an everyday thing, it's something that I allow myself to feel, and then I just leave it to my future self to figure it out. Um, I've been watching a lot of films lately, a lot of TV shows. I've been trying to feel what I want in doing it, other than just trying to put myself in a mindset that I don't identify with anymore. So this idea that I have to be 100% productive 24-7, 
is no longer applicable. Like I, I no longer identify with that, and it's hard to accept that because it's my parents' way of doing things. So it's hard to go against them in that way. But I've been more and more detaching myself from them and feeling like my own person, which is something that I only realized was so important to me when I was in the hospital because I barely had any contact with them. I called them twice a week, but it wasn't a video call; it was a five-minute phone call, just asking them how they were doing. It was mainly them asking me how I was doing, but. Either way, it was a very powerful experience for me in a lot of ways. Trying to figure out what I really wanted, what was really important to me, and with my therapist, we work a lot with this idea of values. What is truly valuable in my life? Not necessarily goals that I have、uh, for my life or things that I want to do, but the things that truly matter to me. And we found that a lot of these things are very different from my parents, and that's okay. And it's okay for me to be different. It's okay for me not to feel the same way about things in the world as they do.、Um, so my main values are influence, connection, independence, flexibility, and not in the physical way. But in the mental way of not being so rigid and so judgmental, and figuring out like routines, because my parents love that. My parents love routine, especially my dad. He loves having the right time to do the right things. I'm not like that. I tried being like that for 19 years, and it didn't work for me. And that's why I got so anxious all the time because I was doing something that did not apply to me in an emotional level. So now that I know what it is that I really want, that I really want to focus on, that I really want to bring to the table for myself, it's easier to build a safe space for myself in my own life because with this. Constant、um, connection with them, like having to live with them and having to submit to their rules and their household habits and everything that they stand for. It's really hard to detach from that, in the sense that sometimes I feel like I'm not allowed to be different, to deviate from those points of view that they have of the world. Because I'm supposed to follow their rules under their rooftop, right? And honestly, it's just—it's not good for me. It's not good for me in an emotional level. It's not good for me in a physical level. And I'm accepting that—that that I'm gonna be doing things completely different from them. And that's okay. They're not necessarily gonna be disappointed. And if they are, then that's on them. I shouldn't have to mold my life around their values and their goals, because at the end of the day, it's my life. In a couple of years, I'm gonna be having to handle everything on my own. They're not gonna be around 24/7 anymore, and in a couple of years, they're not gonna be around at all. So I need to be able to figure out what I want and what is important for me, so that I can build my life around that. And not fill myself up with this concern that I'm disappointing them, 
so all of that was really just a lot of acceptance work a lot of therapy (laughs) and just a lot of looking inside and trying to figure out um, what i was truly feeling what i was truly thinking and not trying to shape um my opinions and my feelings around what it was expected of me so there's a big difference there i'm guessing well besides the depressing things and the therapy everything has been going well i figured that the formal linguistics that i was working with a couple of months ago as you guys know i probably talked about this on the podcast that i was doing a project on semantics and the cognitive linguistics all of that is still kind of an interest point but it's not as much as it used to be i found myself in applied linguistics and in bilingualism and psycholinguistics and education uh lately and I just cannot detach from that. It's wonderful. It's perfect. It's truly what I really wanted to do in this course. And I feel like I'm finally finding a road that I legitimately want to go through in my career. And I'm so glad because, you know, with formal linguistics and semantics, I always felt like there was no purpose to it. Like, I was doing these studies and I was doing these analysis for nothing. It felt like it wouldn't make a single damn difference to anybody. And that, like, two people from whatever university would read my stuff because they were researching about something similar. But with applied linguistics, I genuinely feel like my work is actually, actually gonna make a difference. Like, a pertinent difference to not only the world in general but to my career as a teacher as an educator it's actually going to make me feel closer and closer to the classroom which has been my goal ever since i figured that i wanted to do this course so it's great to feel at home in the professional sense and in the academic sense. I genuinely feel like warm, comfortable, and embraced by my colleagues in this area because it's something that I'm truly genuinely interested in and I'm passionate about and really want to apply it in my life. So in no way, shape, or form would I abandon that. So I'm really glad that I found that uh, to be my new pathway, let's say. (laughs) Um, What else? I feel like there's more to say, but I feel like I've said enough as well. I'm not sure. Things are going uh, smoothly, let's say. Not too many conflicts, although some things are still kind of out there but i mean it's it's not pertinent to this i think this is going to be a short one um i think the shortest one i've ever done 
it's just a filler after the critical appraisal project that I published here. It's just because my professor wanted us to publish it on Anchor or something and send him the link so he wouldn't have to download any files. So I just used this account <laughs> so I wouldn't have to create another one. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, just ignore that one. It's really just... Uh, it's academic stuff. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine if you don't want to listen to it. If, if you don't listen to it, actually. I will understand. I won't be upset, I promise. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to step up and, and do an update. Because I was listening to some old episodes. And it reminded me of how much I like these. And how much I like doing these. And I, how much I actually like listening back to these. Uh, after some time. And listening to what the me of the past thought about things so yeah it's great um thank you so much for listening i don't even know how i used to like end these episodes but <laughs> i'm sure it was something like this so thank you so much for listening it's an honor to have you here always um if you want to check out my social media or any other episodes, you can go ahead to anchor.fm slash jupitersayshi to check out everything. Uh, there's a link, an invite link to my Discord server, although everything is in Brazilian Portuguese. So, it's up to you if you want to join. No one really talks there. I don't really talk there. So, <laughs> it's just kind of a formality at this point. So, if you actually want to talk to me, you can just send a message via anchor and I will I might see it I might not it really depends and if you're my friend just send me a whatsapp sticker and I'll probably answer you know it's fine don't worry about it um thank you so much for tuning in uh it's great to be able to let all of this out to no one because I'm literally talking to myself right now but it's therapeutic and it's great to open up about stuff and talk. So, thank you for being a part of this. Uh, I missed you dearly. And I hope you're staying safe, healthy, warm, uh, wherever you are. That things are going well. That you're able to do everything that you need to do. And that your family is safe and sound along with you <laughs> so thank you again for tuning in i'll see you next time wherever that is 